I want to thank Anina and the worship team. Um, I thought, Lord, what's this got to do with anything? Bears going through grass and woods and what have you. I've been sitting there for um, actually all through the worship praying. And I asked Catherine what she'd uh, actually got that she was reading there. Well, I didn't ask her, I quick, had a quick glance. And then uh, she came and shared it, and I hadn't said anything to her. I thought, okay, yes, this all makes sense. Um, I knew what God was telling me to speak about this week, earlier in the week. I actually thought I was going to share it with our uh, house group on Wednesday. But through circumstances, we weren't at the house group on Wednesday. And I thought that's really odd because actually I did wonder whether I should be preaching it or should be sharing it with the house group. So, okay, I'm going to preach it. All right, Lord, what am I preaching? In John 15, verse 17, it says this, I command you to love one another. We can often think about love and think it's a reaction, it's something we feel, but uh, actually we're being told no easy way that we've got to love one another. There's a problem with that. For me, anyway, because what is love? It's a question I asked uh, many years ago, and I still can't actually put it all into words. I can tell you what the Bible turns around and says, you know, how we should be towards each other. You know, we should be compassionate and kind and gentle, and we should bear with one another. We should think of others more important than ourselves, and you can take this list on and on. But actually, how does this all come about? Now, what's this got to do with bears running through grass and woodlands and everything else well actually what God spoke to me about when I was praying there it's quite simply that actually that that's fear God's given us a direction and we're fearful of taking it and actually there's a lot of people there could be people here who are fearful of loving why because actually when you love somebody you can get hurt so they actually move away from it so one of our biggest barriers to this commandment to love one another is actually our own fear of doing so. We become vulnerable. Catherine, what she shared, which we all know, but actually sometimes it takes some getting to understand, is Christ showed his love for us in the ultimate way. And again, we can kind of focus on what Christ did, but actually forget the fear that he had about doing it. He said, please, Lord, take this cup away from me. He didn't want to do it. He was fearful of what he was going to go through. Sorry, Dave. (laughs) Comes down to bravery. (laughs) Somebody's spoken to Dave about being brave. And that's what I thought about when I read that a little bit before Kath even shared up here. You often see heroes on the television. They've been um, built up, and what a hero. He did this, he did that. Um, One of them was in my mind um, very much some weeks ago was a a person in the army um, coming under severe fire, and he ran out amongst all these shots going on around him to save some children, and he grabbed them and saved them, saved their lives. And they said how brave he was, and he said, no, I wasn't. 
And they said, yes, you were. He said, no, he said, I didn't think about it. He says, you're only brave when you think about it and you do it anyway. He said, I didn't think about it. That's not bravery. And I thought, actually, that's a true confession to make. If you do something and don't think about it, actually, you're just doing it. And then afterwards, you might think, oh, I could have got killed or this could have happened. But actually, to be frightened and fearful of doing something and then still doing it, that's bravery. So, love. As I said, I've been kind of working on this. It started um, probably about 15 years ago. God was uh, speaking to me about my own street. And the scripture says, love your enemies and love your neighbors. Well, we, we lived in a street with a, quite a mixture of people. Um, there was pre- people who were fraudulently claiming benefits. There was uh, one place where the uh, father of the household was all right, but his sons were getting mixed up with people taking drugs and that. There was another man who actually wasn't a very good parent. There was children being mistreated. There was other places where just kind of fairly nice people just living their lives. And I said, God, how, how does this work? How do I love these people who are doing these things? And he quite simply said to me, yes, love the people, but condemn the sin. I thought, well, I know that, but how does that work? And then I felt God put another question to me. Do you want the best for them? And I thought, well, actually, I do. They may be doing things wrong. They may be not Christians, so that makes life awkward anyway. But even if they were, if they were doing things wrong, they shouldn't be. They should be doing the right thing. But do I hate them? Actually, no. What do I want for them? I want them to find Christ like I have. I want them to understand things like I've come to understand. So I felt God say to me then, well, you love them. And you just don't realize that's what you're doing. There becomes another part to all this, and this this is something I've been actually on a journey um, probably over this last year more than any other time, is the realization that I can be hurt by people but actually they don't mean to hurt me. They say things and don't realize what they've said. They do things and don't realize what they do. So actually, who's who's got the problem? Is it them or is it me? Because perhaps what I've got to do is not look directly at what the person's doing. I've got to look behind to see why they're doing it. Now, um, thank you, Matty. (laughs) I'm thanking Matty because I asked his permission to talk, not necessarily specifically about Matty, but a condition Matty's got. Matty's got autism. I've known one or two people who've got autism. Never understood it till we came to this church, so I thank Matty for being so open with us, and you know, he's educated me a lot. What does autism mean? Well, in extreme cases, it means somebody can't do anything, probably, except for one thing, and they do that in a, an unbelievable way. Rain Man is one of the best examples. You know, a man, if you've seen the film, can't do anything hardly at all, but maths, absolutely brilliant. There was a child, I don't know how old they were now, um, I think they were an American, and they could take one look at a building, a skyscraper, and they could draw it from memory. Every window and every detail in place, but couldn't do anything else. Matty's not like that. (laughs) But Matty's very good at doing something. If you see Matty playing the drums, he's brilliant. Matty knows scripture <laughs> really well. 
He loves Star Wars. <laughs> Look at his Facebook page. <laughs> so how could Matty hurt me without him realizing? Well, he could do because he could become obsessive over something. So let's put it this way. He could have a friendship with somebody and that person, even me, could actually think he's over the top, he's too much. Well, actually, it's not. To Matty, that's normal. He could have a friend who happens to be a girl and she could think that he's obsessive, even stalking her, and actually he wouldn't be. It's just how his mind works and he can't help it. Is that true, Matty? Yeah, sitting here. Praise God for Matty. <laughs> I was talking to somebody else the other week and they said they knew Matty got autism but they didn't know that effect of it. Well, I didn't until I spoke to him, until I started thinking about it, until I started questioning myself and I've discovered this with all sorts of things there's all sorts of things out there and people can't help how they are but I can help how I deal with it there's somebody else I've known probably now 15 16 years and we've known them very early on in their Christian walk and we know them still today and about 12 months 18 months ago they hurt me they hurt me in a very simple way is that People here will know that I try to be as honest as possible to be. I don't tell lies. And this person, I was trying to help them, and they said to me, I don't know whether to believe you or not. And that hurt. And I thought, they don't trust me. And they've known me all this time, and they don't trust me. And it, it, it was like a physical pain. Then I realized, well, actually, they can't help it. Because their condition controlling them. It wasn't the fact that that's what they really believed of themselves. It's the fact that they suffer a bit with kind of depression. They go up and down a bit, and they were really down, very well down. So I was hurt, not really by them, but because of me and my lack of understanding. The command to love one another means that we have to put effort into it. And this goes throughout our whole walk. I hope this church knows that we love each other. I hope this church knows that I love this church. But you may do things that could hurt me. What do I do about it? I should be looking to see what's behind the hurt that you may be causing me because I don't believe you're doing it purposely. That's me that's had to change. Now I'm going to ask Catherine to grab a mic, if you would please. And I want to take this even to our relationships with each other because I presume most of you here think that me and Catherine love each other. I can assure you we do, but I actually, I'm saying this, but I actually know from comments. It's funny, over the last few um, couple of months, there's been occasions when me and Catherine have been apart, and we've had comments. Who, who are we, uh, Ben? Who did you compare me and Catherine with? Can't you remember? You tell him. I can't remember. Ant and Deck. Oh, <laughs> I 
But Ben came up with this comment because we were apart. Um, we had a real problem when this uh, evening service started in the fact that we'd been invited to a baptism of uh, somebody of ours, uh, who's a close friend of ours in Shrewsbury. And we wanted to go there, but I felt it was very important that we were here. But actually, I didn't put it that way to Kath. I put it that it was very important that I was here. And I said, good, because I can go now. <laughs> I came through the door, and the first person to greet me was Rachel. And she says, where's Catherine? I said, oh, we fell out. We've had an almighty argument. She looked straight at me. She says, no, you haven't. Where is she? <laughs> and I tried it with one of the two other people in this church, and they wouldn't believe us. And I thought, that is great. That's great that a church has come to know us so well and know, knows that we don't actually fall out like that. We have our little bits, but not like that. But sometimes you can think, oh, that's all right for you, but I can't do that. I can't have that relationship. But actually, this hasn't happened instantly. Yes, we've been very close all our married life. We got married because we wanted to be together and do everything together. But it's been a process, I think, particularly for me, to learn that I have had to change over certain things. And some of it I haven't even realised till lately how much. Now, I want Catherine to tell you what her needs are and how she feels. Well, I don't know if anybody's noticed, I'm a very emotional being. <laughs> I, I tend to um, lean on how I feel. Pete is a very individual person who doesn't need to be told he's loved or understood. He accepts it because of the way we live. I need to be shown it. The one thing I need more than anything else is to be reassured when I'm doubting my worth. Because before I came to the Lord, um, I was a very insecure, totally didn't believe that anybody could love me or value me, God turned that around and showed me that I was worth loving and that um, he gave me a love for others that goes deeper than a lot of people understand. Um, Peter and I, when we first got married, I would see him talking to a pretty woman and immediately my brain would be saying, something going on there, he must like her better than me. <laughs> and. Peter had to learn over the years that for me to be secure in what our relationship was, that I needed to be shown affection. Now, Pete's always been a standalone guy and he can deal with anything and he's never been somebody who hugs or holds hands or comes over. I know to you can't believe it now. I know. <laughs> no, I, That's what I've changed. <laughs> and um, to tell me that he loved me, didn't come naturally for no. Pete at all. I had to show him that I needed to hear this, I needed to know it, I needed to be hugged and reacted with. And uh, it's taken a few years, but now it becomes a natural progression. We, we automatically react with each other. I've also had to learn that sometimes I need to sort of just leave him alone <laughs> and not demand because um, Pete needs to have his space, the same as we all do. And uh, over the years, we, we've learned to balance that between us. Yeah, we've, 
if you like, we've come from two different places and two different needs, and we've actually come together more. And Catherine doesn't need, she knows I love her, she knows I care for her, she knows that I'm always there for her, so she doesn't need the attention that she did do. But I can find it easier to give it to her. And we still now, we sit in two chairs beside each other, and sometimes I get this. What do you want? What do you, I know what she wants. And she, all she wants me to do is to, I put my hand out and she just holds my hand. Now, is that hard for me to do? Well, actually, no. Do I need to do it of myself? No, I don't. We've lost something in this country because of the culture we live in and what's portrayed on media and everything else, that men and women are the same. Actually, generally, they're not. Women need a lot more affection, reassurance than men do. Catherine used to irritate me at one time because she used to say, I don't understand why people don't cry, I don't understand. And I used to say, well, actually, I don't want to because I lose control and I would like to be in control and I like to sort things out within myself. And she's had to learn, yes, that does work as well. And it's identifying we're different, but within that difference, if I'm doing what Scripture says and Scripture's telling us to think of others more important of ourselves and all these scriptures to do with how we should treat each other and put other people first, I need to be able to put her wants before mine and she needs to do the same with me. And it doesn't happen just like that. It's a learning curve. Can Catherine hurt me? I think she'd have a job too because I know her too well. I try. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to share the other day. You know that Catherine's mum, a lot of you do, she's in hospital at the moment, and her mum's totally changed. Sorry, not hospital, she's in a nursing home, nursing yeah. home at the moment. And her mother has totally changed within weeks. Catherine's snappy. Well, isn't that understandable? She's lost her mum, as she knows her. So what do I do? I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's as simple as that, because I know why she's snapping. Now, I know her situation. If I came to Paul and he's snappy at me, how do I react? Exactly the same way. I should do. Because if he's snapping at me, there's probably something wrong and I need to know what is wrong. Not to take it to heart, not to turn around and say, oh, that's not right, why, how does he treat, why does he treat me like that? Why should he treat me like that? I should be asking what is wrong, what's behind it. To love one another costs, and that's one of the reasons it costs. We've got to put ourselves second, not first. Keith mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. We've got to put others before ourselves. I have to give Catherine priority. It says in the Bible I've got to. I've got to love her like Christ loved the church. She loves this because all she's got to do is obey me according to Scripture. It's easy. (laughs) I've got a big responsibility towards her because of what Scripture does say. How do I take on that responsibility? I've got to do what I actually know in my heart what I've got to do. Now anybody here, and I know we've got a couple here going to get married very soon. These things you've got to understand because that's what marriage is. That's the whole thing of it. It's it's coming together and becoming more and more one and really loving each other. Bearing with one another. And that's a journey. 
and it doesn't happen instantly. It's a gradual process. We have to come to understand each other. Now again, Scripture, you go through it. I've gone through tons and tons of Scriptures before coming to this because I just wanted to check. I just put love in my search engine. Oh dear. <laughs> I can't remember how many came up. And it's very easy to say, oh, well, love comes from God. We just, no, hang on a minute. No, love does come from God, but we've got to use it. When God gives it us, we've got to use it. I'm sorry, I'm one of these Christians that some people don't like. Prayer is not the answer to everything. Yes, pray about everything, but sometimes God's saying, do it. So if we get an answer from God, he's not turning around and saying, I'm going to do it for you. He's saying, yes, that's your problem. This is the answer. Now do it. This is the command I've got here. This is, this is the only scripture I think I'm going to read out. This command, I command you to love one another. Now, you probably might be thinking, well, hang on, there's another scripture that says about loving God, and yeah, I might come to that actually in a couple of weeks' time. But I felt today I wanted to speak about this because, again, I think sometimes that we can stand up here preaching... But what we're not doing is trying to help people understand how do we do things. Most of what's in the world is not love at all. Most of what you see expressed on television is not love, it's lust. Most relationships are based on lust. It's not love. And we've lost what love actually means. Love is totally unselfish. And that's what Catherine hasn't mentioned, but I'll tell you that I was extremely selfish and can still be now on occasions. <laughs> and so can Catherine, but not yep. to the degree I was. <laughs> That's human nature. That's what we have to fight against, if you like. I've got to look upon Catherine as being more important than me. I've got to look at you being more important than me. And we've got to build, all of us have got to build on these relationships. You cannot love anybody more than Christ loved us. But the trouble is, we're supposed to be coming more and more like Christ. So I'm going to say something very hard, really, because whatever you're doing now, and this includes me, is not enough. Because we'll never be able to do enough. It's an ongoing journey. Christ so loved the world, he gave his life for us. And we can't do better than that. And what's he asking of us? To love God with all our heart, body and soul and to love each other. And the one thing it says, I'm going to get to the end of here. In 1 Corinthians 13, that's funny, that's a love chapter, isn't it? And I haven't used that. I'm going to use three words from verse 8. Love never ends. Everything else will but love won't. Thanks, Catherine. 
I'd like us all just to pray and I'd like us all just to think perhaps of somebody that has offended us or a situation that we've been in and we think, oh Lord, that person really hurt me. And think again about it and think perhaps you were in the wrong and I was in the wrong for not looking behind the situation they were in and perhaps we could have actually helped if we got past the hurt. Because again, love hurts because we're vulnerable. We get a lot from it, but also it takes a lot from us and we've got to be prepared to give. Let's pray. Father God, the one thing that we cannot ever do as great as what Christ did for us is to show the love that we're supposed to have for each other, Lord. Lord, he suffered all that pain, the insults, the anguish, the separation from you, Lord, which must have been the worst part. And we thank you for that, Lord, that we've got our salvation through how Christ showed his love for us. Lord, we ask you to help us show love towards each other as you want us to. Give us understanding of each other, Lord, and help us to help each other, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.